powered by Riverside FM. You are now listening to The Sooner Surge. Clear out! Clear out! All right, guys, welcome back to The Sooner Surge. A lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about a little basketball, but we're going to start with football. And in specifically, we're going to talk about uh, the wide receiver coaching situation, yeah. as well as some portal stuff. Brody, you got some news. I think just get us started on that. So the starting with the with the wide receiver situation uh, with the coach has not. We don't have any uh, more news on who's going to be the coach, except for the fact that we're kind of hearing that Emmett Jones, the wide receiver from wide receiver coach from Texas Tech, is in Norman today. Uh, he's been in Norman since three twenty one p.m. yesterday. That's kind of what we're seeing. And the Sooners have been very aggressive with wide receivers. Obviously, yesterday, Marvin Mims uh, declared for the draft. But they've been per- pursuing Tyron Broden uh, from um, Bowling Green, six foot seven. They have Xavier Weaver, Weaver on campus today. Um, Anthony Kidd from Michigan is also on campus. So they've been pretty aggressive when it comes to receivers. And now it kind of seems like they might have a receiver coach to, to go along with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – yeah, it's kind of crazy to think because two, I want to say a month ago, if you had asked us, we all would have said Washington would still be the wide receiver coach. And I think we all can agree to that because we heard that Kelly didn't have interest in the job. Obviously, the other guys we were going after, too, we didn't know about very much. So, and then this Broden kid, he sounds like a stud, a six foot seven wide receiver. That's crazy. I mean, wasn't the guy we played against Florida State, was he 6'6 six, six or 6'7? Six, 6'6. Six, six. Broden yeah. is the tallest receiver in FBS. Hey, uh, Jackson. Jackson. Go ahead, Hunter. Jackson. A yeah. month ago, we were all talking about Samples or Malcolm Kelly as wide yeah. receiver coach. What That's are you right. talking no about? One, no one thought no. it would be L.D. Washington. Yeah, no one. I, I mean, I was starting to think now that it's going to be Washington as it's. Okay, drag, go, back drag, like, go back like two weeks then. Two weeks. Well, maybe maybe a couple weeks ago, because we when we when we thought maybe they had passed on Kelly, and then samples wasn't a thing. We thought maybe it could be. If that's what you're saying now. First off, we never passed on. We never passed on Kelly J. Kelly passed on us is what it would be. OU is not passing on Malcolm Kelly. Uh, The only reason we thought it was Washington is because nothing had been said really officially. But I mean, Brent Venables. It's obvious. It's pretty clear now with some things that have you can see on Twitter and some other things that Washington's not going to be the guy. I would say probably 95% Washington's not going to be in Norman next year. Yeah. Well, hey, what did you think of the his tweet, though, about never flinch? I don't know, but... To me, to me, that means when you're... That saying, it has to do with tough times or situations when you're going to have to dodge some things that are happening. Obviously, some changes coming in his life, and he's not going to flinch. He's going to move on because... He is moving on. He's not going to be in Norman. It it really sounds like he's going to move on. Just the way Twitter followers have indicated, it sounds like he's going to move on to a particular place in Western Kentucky. Um, Right, Western Kentucky's – and and one thing that may make some sense there, and it does seem like a very big uh, demotion or downgrade to go to Western Kentucky, but the guy there, uh, was it Hawkins? Yeah, he went to Georgia Uh, Tech. Yeah, he went to Georgia Tech, but he was the – co-offensive coordinator and a receivers coach so to me that is a step up as far as responsibility step down with organization but he's also from missouri grew up there was born in streetport louisiana not far from kentucky there are some things that makes me think that that may be something that is enticing to him uh if he's not gonna and you're not gonna want to be somewhere you're not wanted and it doesn't seem like brent venables is sold on Washington being the guy and maybe even not an analyst. Don't know. Can't speak for, for, for BV. Hey, but the hey, bigger real- question is how many guys do we need at receiver? Because maybe one tops, guys. Wow. No, no. You got to have two. at least 12 guys in the wide receiver room. You, you got to have, have at least, least eight. Yeah. You need to have like 10 to 12 guys and at least seven hey, Jackson. you can rely on to come on. Jackson. Right now, Jackson, name 12 receivers on OU's team last year. Go. I can't because there's not not 12 guys. That, How many that's, do you need, that, Jackson? I said between 10 and 12. Name 10 from you, last year, Jackson. 
I, I'm okay. okay. Let's see, do we really want to? Do you really want me to sit here and do this? Yes. All right. Mims, Weiss, Stoops, Farouk, Bunkley, Shelton, uh, Hester, Gibson, Anderson, West, Darby, Freeman. There's eleven. That's hey, pretty hey, good, Jackson. If, if you're looking at it right now, and Jeremy says we don't need more than one receiver. I think that is outrageous. Right I now, agree. if you're looking at it, you can pencil in Jalil Farouk as a starter. You can pencil in Drake Stoops. After that, we're thinking maybe Nick Anderson, Jane Gibson. After that, you got J.J. Hester, L.V. Bunkley, Shelton, D.J. Graham, Gavin Freeman, Jaquarius Petaway. Anderson, Gibson. Keon they, Brown. Keon Brown. They have not played much. You don't have much experience. And guess what? The more depth, the better. No way you're going to sit here and yeah. say, oh, well, no, I only because- have one pops. If, if there's two receivers wanting to go to OU, are you only taking one? Hey, first off, Brody, no, I would take as many as I can get. But the problem is, and Jay, I'm sure, is going to talk about the portal. When you bring these veteran guys in, there's guys going to jump ship, okay? You're, you're not going to – you don't need 10 to 12 studs. Pet Wave's a superstar. Keon Brown could play probably immediately. You guys said it on here. We're not rolling early. Anderson's going to play. Farouk's going to play. Stoops is going to play. Freeman's going to play. play. Shelton, hey. played this. Shelton played this year. These okay. guys hey, who was... come in and sit. Hunter, what were you going to say? Who's the last uh, transfer wide receiver we had that had a really big role? I'll tell you. Woods, baby. No. It was the guy from Fresno, Jalen Saunders. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's hey. been a long time. And, 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 hey, Hunter, well, that's it's, a great point. Hunter, that's a great point because that's kind of what I was talking about with the whole transfer portal. I haven't said it yet, but it really bothers me because if you look off last year's team that OU went and got in the portal, they got all these guys, made two at max made an impact. One really made an impact. I would say two, you could say maybe had an impact. But these guys that you go to get, and I'm just going to use this guy as an example. I don't know a whole lot about him, but say this Broden kid, okay, you're going after guys from Mac schools. You're, these guys were not – they weren't recruited to OU in the first place. I'm not saying – don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not great. But I'm saying to go make an immediate impact to OU, to me, the portal – this is my personal opinion, so do not attack me on this. You can attack me if you want. I don't give really give a care. But the portal to me should be go get guys that are going to make an immediate so, impact. So you, Look, will you, you let me talk? When you say that – stop. They're going to make an immediate impact. If not, I don't know. I don't think you use the portal for developmental guys. But that's just me. You're talking hey. about immediate impact, as in they Deshaun McCullough, Trace Ford, Austin Stogner guys, right? Those guys. Those guys are going to make an immediate, immediate impact. impact. Yeah. So yeah, you have guys on the portal right now that we're attacking that would make an immediate impact. I don't get your point. I don't think you need three receivers. None of they're not all going to be. Stressed. How do you not know they're going to not make an immediate impact? Hey, the. He does have a point on the two receivers we got last year. Saw the field like a handful of yeah, times. Yeah, but that's JJ Hester and LV Bunkley shot. Also, it gets to a point where you're going to need guys in the room just to have guys. Now, that possibly that, that's why you don't get a couple of guys from like these MAC conferences, the, the American conference. Maybe they were pretty good receivers on their team, but they're not going to play here, but you need them in the room. That that's understandable. Be, 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 because injuries do happen quite a bit. It's a common thing. And, and I agree with that, Jackson. But we're not going to it. Now, what Brody said, Deshaun McCullough's of the world, Trace Fords. Uh, who else was mentioned? Wagner. Uh, Look, these guys are proven, and they're in a position we needed. Anyone who looks at OU's receiving core and sees Farouk, you, you know, Stoops isn't not going to leave the field. Uh, Nick Anderson was highly touted. And he's we, We've heard from many people, he's the guy on campus. Jalen Gibson was no slouch in high school. He's paid his time. These guys can't look and say, it, you can't compare that to a Trace Ford situation or Deshaun McCullough or anything like that. If we're going to get someone, Jackson's right, it needs to be someone out of the MAC or something like that. These guys, The guy from Michigan, no shot. No shot at him coming here and playing. I agree. Yeah, and then, Broden, Broden's a guy that can play, though. I think Broden. He slots yeah. in on your two deep as a second stringer. Yeah, I think Broden's a guy. He's not going to come be a second stringer, Brody. He might come. Well, wait, 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 if you are a Bowling Jeremy. Green, Bowling Green, you're a starter. 
Would you go to OU to be a second string, or would you stay at Bowling Green to be a starter? I would go somewhere else I can start because he's got many people after him, dude. Where's he going to hey, start? You don't know where he's not. You don't know if he's not going to start at OU. Nobody knows. If he yeah, does, you, you never know. Hey, go. Going forward, though, OU needs to go after JUCO players better, yeah. especially at the receiver position. I don't know if you guys remember, but our last Heisman finalist at wide receiver came from the JUCO ranks, D.D. Westbrook. Yeah. Good point. When you talk about, like, you, we're talking about the wide receiver room, I don't necessarily see, like, a lack of depth. I think you just got to see, like, some of these guys who maybe don't have a ton of experience, they just got to step up. That's the way yeah. I look at it. But at the same time, I don't think you turn down any potential depth. There are more guys that can come in and bring competition and push those guys who haven't played that much to step up. I understand, but well, my, whole yeah. thing, my whole thing is this on the portal, and it bothers me. You see guys, and I'm the guy from Michigan has think. hardly any catches or done anything. And when he says he's coming to OU, puts a little emoji that he's the whatever the navigation thing that he's in Norman, and you just see all these people eyeball emoji. It's like – Guys, hold your horses here, okay? We're not getting the next uh, Jerry Rice. I mean, I mean, some of these people that are on I mean, Twitter are like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. It's like, hold down for a minute. Yeah. He hasn't played much. I agree with what you're yeah. saying. But there's a lot of guys that have been in over the course of this week that would come in and be those guys that come in and start. Like, Well, uh, well yeah. When you're talking about wide receiver, okay, I see your point. Like, this is a guy who hasn't played that much, but then – there's guys that were bringing in AK, Matthew Lee, Sears. Rondell Bothroyd, Devon Sears, Walter Rouse. Like, those guys could come in and start. I agree on that. So, I agree with what you're saying in terms of, like, wide receiver. You don't know. They're not going to come and be the next Jerry Rice. But if you could you could have a lot of guys compete for one of those, like, second-string spots, it just brings more competition. You, you don't turn that down. Hey, Hunter Jackson, what are your thoughts on this as far as Mims, Mims announced yesterday? Yeah. And we all, we all said that he was probably going pro, but – do you think do you think the whole Washington thing had anything to do with it? If Washington's leaving, he didn't want another wide receiver coach. That'd be like the fourth, third. Or fourth. I mean, I mean, I think it could play play a factor because, like, especially all of the guys in the wide receiver room. Some of them, this will be their, four, this will be Stoops' fourth or fifth coach. That's a lot in all the years he's been here. That's another uh, relationship he has to build. But I mean, I think I'm not surprised he went pro. He's gonna be a first. He's probably gonna be a second round pick. That's where I see him going, second or third round. Third. He's yeah. gonna be mid to late third or early fourth. I don't see him going any earlier than that. And I love Mims. It's just he did not have the best year. Well, There's true. No also, that. if you take away the three drops. He had he's probably up to over twelve hundred yards because those were all big. Yeah, guys. for sure. But for the for the first time in his career, he had drop problems. Yeah. So that is a little alarming when you look. And in my opinion, this NFL draft class is very very deep at wide receiver compared to what it would be next year. Next year, yeah, it's going to be deeper. You think? Well, uh, I, mean, I don't think so. That, I mean, the the only guy you have is Harrison. Next year, yeah, they're worthy. Like, yeah. Hey, well, hey, speaking of Xavier Worthy, um, OU's maybe I I don't know how much smoke there is there. I just thought it was interesting that they had a little follow and follow back thing yesterday between OU's future wide receiver coach. Don't know. Well, and then also he kind of put out a cryptic thing on his story. So, hey, I want to bring. You know, Schaefer was a huge get. Uh, for OU, That'll be good depth. Uh, he's probably going to start. He has a good chance of starting. Uh, you also have, you mentioned Lee. The difference in O line, round, area, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm going to bring up Dylan Gabriel. We we got the new is coming back to Norman. I know Hunter's got some uh, things he's probably going to want to say. About DG, wide receiver, DG is not great at spreading the ball around. Showed no, uh, no ability to spread the ball to multiple receivers. For me, that's a concern. Receiver. Well, I mean, 
Also, we only played five guys really all year a wide receiver. So I don't really know how many opportunities he had to spread the ball, but Jeremy. What's about spreading the ball one of the guys on the field? Spreading the ball around the guys on the field, Jackson, not the guys on the bench. Yeah. You play five guys, he didn't spread it around. Hunter, what are your thoughts? I was getting back to that. Nice. My bad. I just Let's hear it. Dylan Gabriel is a total troll, and you guys know it. He he is he knew what he was doing by dragging this out well past the bowl game into the new year to put out the graphic, staying all this stuff. Hawaiian boy found a home in Norman, and then look at what he's doing right now on Twitter. He's acting like he's all this, posting memes, all that stuff. No, he's a total joke. This is Dude. pathetic. He knew exactly what he was doing to fans because we had flashbacks to last year when somebody by the name of Caleb Williams did the exact same thing to us. The only difference is Dylan Gabriel stayed, Caleb Williams left, but they both drug it out. They both waited till after the new year to d- announce what they were doing on any sort of thing, on entering the portal, on saying, going, anything like that. And Dylan Gabriel knew exactly what he was doing because many fans, I was one of them. I thought Dylan Gabriel was not going to come back and it's going to screw us when it comes to the transfer portal as we're not going to have the time to pick up another quarterback in the portal and be stuck with somebody else, just like Dylan Gabriel, just like last year. He knew exactly what he was doing by dragging it out. Now, I don't understand really why the hype, why he had to make an announcement, because I don't know what else he was going to do with his life. Now, if he was going to step away from the game of football, that's an announcement, but he doesn't need to make an announcement whether or not he's coming back or going. He needed to make an announcement. Because the coaches were all Levy was I, I I don't I can't speak on Dylan's behalf stuff like that it was it was everything from the coaches made it seem like something's going up with it with him not coming back because usually when you have a guy that has two years of eligibility has absolutely no chance of getting drafted it's a no brainer that they're going to return with Dylan Gabriel that was not the case well and then hey, also hey, with him deciding to come back to Norman I think that the ceiling of this team is ten wins. Next year, it's, but the decision of no, him, the decision, no. the decision of him coming back is actually huge. And whether or not you think that Dylan Gabriel is a starter or not, it is huge because you should should have a competition between Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold. That is going to one make Jackson Arnold better, and two should make Dylan Gabriel better. And your QB room is way deeper next year than it is, than it was this year. You have Jack, if Gabriel's a starter, you have Jackson Arnold as backup. That should allow Jeff Levy to use Gabriel in a QB run way different. You can run him more because, oh, if he gets hurt, you have Jackson Arnold. You don't have, as Hunter would say, feeble beeble. Yeah. Hey, Jackson, on, on your 10, 10 win thing, that's I, I, I've, I've been a, a proponent and kind of a, a backer of Dylan Gabriel. I have even two. though I, I have two. Listen, listen, Jackson, I'm saying, though, I think the whole thing next year revolves around OUSD defense. Period. I think they could they could win 11, 12 games if the defense makes massive improvements. Yeah, the de- the yeah. defense is going. To- you get into a situation where going to outscore someone. That's going to be an issue, I think, with Gabriel. But Brody brings up the point. I've been trying to really improve Gabriel coming back, and it's the QB run game. I foresee situation next year, guys, where we play multiple quarterbacks. They have some kind of scheme for Jackson Arnold, I promise you, of him running the ball and throwing the ball. He's not just a QB run guy. So I could see that happening next year. I agree. Yeah. Well, speaking of the QB room, right, I do agree that it's good that Arnold's coming in and Gabriel's coming back because just like I think it was uh, Brody that said, it's a healthy competition in the room. And you you need healthy competitions because it's going to make one Gabriel elevate his game, and two we're going to see what Arnold's got, ha- not being guaranteed the starting spot too. See how he responds to some adversity too, especially since he's going to be a true freshman. And also, if we can have him sit behind Gabriel for a year, and we've heard in twenty twenty four that's the plan for the SEC. If you if you can have Arnold 
like ready to go in 2024 for your first year of the SEC, I think your confidence just goes up even more about what this team can be. I wouldn't be shocked if Arnold's your guy in 2023, but who knows? You, you let that QB competition happen and the best player plays. Hey, guys, what are your thoughts on any – we've heard the rumors about one – David Aguebu maybe entering the enter the portal. Um, are your are there any guys that you think that have not hit the portal that are going to that you see? Hunter, we'll start with you, and then Jackson, and then Jeremy. Uh, I, I really think it's pretty much only going to be Aguebu. I don't think there's going to be much more hitting the portal because right now is the time for guys to hit the portal. We're seeing it in waves constantly. I don't know if you guys follow this account on Twitter, Transfer Portal. If you turn on tweet notifications from them, it's constantly a tweet from them on such and such hitting the portal from somewhere. So I think we're really at the point of uh, where not more are going to hit the portal. Uh, Josh uh, Ellison finally officially hit the portal. He said he was going to back early in December. Obviously, he played in the bowl game, which was huge for us, in my opinion. I think that was a a good move for both sides really to stick around for the bowl game. So and I really think with this team, it's, I don't see anyone else hitting the portal. Jackson. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, is the only guy I could really see. I mean, unless something comes up, like if one of the wide receivers isn't a fan of Emmett Jones, maybe a wide receiver could, but, I mean, I, I don't really see anyone entering the portal now. Maybe one of the guys in the uh, in the uh, running back room could, but I doubt that, too. I, but I think if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be a Glake boo. Jeremy? Uh, we think Trey and I have discussed this. You know? uh, Jaden Davis? Yeah, Jaden Davis, I think, is a guy that enters the portal, and here's why. Secondary's loaded, guys. With the recruiting wow. recruiting class coming in, someone is going to leave. Someone that's been there, and I, the obvious guy is Jaden Davis. He's not going to find a spot next year. I I won't disagree because right now you look at it. Jaden Davis is a top four corner on our team. No, right. no. Name four better corners. But here's the deal with no, Jaden. Here's the deal with Jaden Davis. It's, it's Woody, okay, but let, can I say something? Woody, real quick? can I? Here's the deal with Jaden Davis. Jayden. For the last three years, he's come out of camp as a starter. And during the hey, season, he's not, he's I, don't, lost I, his I don't think he starts. I think he's like your hey. fourth guy. Unless Macari Vickers overtakes him. Brody, that, that's I'm look, look, Brody. look, look. Hey, yeah. hey, hold on. I, there's four corners that I would take over him. Washington, Kanai, Gentry Williams, and, K- and Kendall, Dolby, Kendall Dolby, and possibly even uh, no, no Josiah Wagner. There's five guys. Wagner's not playing corner. Wagner's not playing corner. Oh. Jeremy. Bro- Brody, can you name? Can you 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 personally believe Jaden Davis is a top four corner on this team? Right now, I personally believe that. With yes. the guys, with the guys coming in. Yes, only two DBs wow, are rolling my. early. Only two DBs are rolling early. Wow, I, I do believe that. And unless Macari Vickers overtakes them, Jaden Davis is a top four corner on this team. Hey, now, in I'm no way, shape, or form, Kendall Dolby is going to start day one. I don't know if he's playing corner, though. He's better than Jaden Davis. But you don't know he's playing corner. That's what I'm saying. You do not know he's playing corner. With it looking like uh, our safety room is pretty solidly set with Peyton Bow and all that, uh, Reggie Pearson, another guy, depth's really good there. I would be really shocked if Kendall Dolby ends up playing safety. I I think he's going to play corner. I agree, Hunter, yeah. I agree. And is Jacoby Johnson not enrolling no. early? No. No, no because of I thought he was. No, I, I yeah. thought he wasn't going to play. It's because of who in terms of their, In terms of the original question, if you, like, want to nitpick it, I could say Marcus Alexander, Shane Whittier. Like, those are two guys I could see. Like, Corey Roberson, see him entering. But, like, David Aguayo is really the only one that really contributed that I would look at and say, okay, he, he might enter the portal. Now, Marcus Major is an interesting one for me. Maybe he comes back and he's the running back three or four. I don't know. Marcus Major needs to go elsewhere. You know I'm a huge fan. He needs to go somewhere where he can play. It's ridiculous. They've led him along worse than a, a one some dude along 
forever. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they let him along. He's not good enough. He's not good enough. Uh, I'm not going to get in that argument. He was... Hey, we have had a lot of running backs that went elsewhere, like recently. Abdul Adams was really Trey good. Sermon. And he went to Syracuse. He was the Trey guy Sermon's was another great. one. Uh, Pledger was one, too, that went to Utah. Oh, so Pledger. Yeah. Major? What about Major? Just said he probably yeah he's got, that's what got to go right yeah got to go go elsewhere. That's what I was wondering what Jackson was saying on running backs. I forgot about Major honestly, uh, because Jackson said running back, and I was thinking, well, who could it be really? Because it doesn't look like anyone in that room, except for Major, would hit. Well, because in that room you're gonna have Barnes and Salchuk, Emeka Megway, and Tawi Walker as your Full four guys and then the two freshmen. Yeah. You also have hey. even. Hey, one thing if I one thing if I were a coach that, that bothers me is some of these guys that enter a portal. Like I could see a guy like Major if I was at another university and I was a coach and Major transferred, I'd be like, yeah, you really haven't got the chance come you're a junior, senior. But some of these guys that leave their schools after like freshmen and just don't want the competition, I don't know if I want that guy coming to my university. Yeah, you know what? Unless there was a situation with coaching or whatever. Yeah, do you want to know what? I think that's right on where I, what I was going to say, really. Because a lot of these guys that are coming in now are expecting to play and now where they can just transfer and go wherever they want and get immediate eligibility. It's kind of weak and soft because there's so many guys that are soft and just don't care for the competition. They want to go and be this guy. They want to go get all this NIL stuff for them, and they want to go to the NFL as fast as possible. Whenever a lot of them really don't even care about football, and that's why I like whenever OU is doing the Soul program. Yeah. Hey, perfect example though is Max Duggan. Max Duggan could have left. There's a lot of guys that transfer and you never see them again play. Because they they think they can just go play somewhere and they don't make the they don't make they don't start. But Max, that's exactly go ahead. That's exactly what happened to a quarterback from Sepulpa. Eli Williams was at TCU, and I know his situation was honestly he probably should have changed positions. No doubt that. I mean, looking at it now, he's at a JUCO in Kansas, Vela, something like that. Uh, it's like his fourth school that he's been at since 2020. Anyhow, but with going to TCU, he was promised, oh, you're very good chance of getting to play within a couple years, and then he gets to TCU, and there's seven scholarship quarterbacks on roster. So your chances of playing when you have guys like Max Duggan and Chandler Morris there are basically slim to none. However, his situation, and I think it's going to happen to a lot of players on that they're leaving because of stuff that didn't necessarily happen and that they were told was going to happen in the recruiting process. And then they're stuck only be, with their only option being able to go to a JUCO. Yeah, but that's getting ready to change with the new portal rule starting next year. What's the new portal rule? Where you have to sit what are out. they changing? You have to sit out. Yeah. You, you, uh-huh. can only, you can only transfer one time. You can't transfer twice. Yeah. Did, didn't they do this rule because of COVID? the new now? rule, you can't transfer twice. Yeah, they did, and I, I just I don't think that I don't think they'll go through with the rule. That's just me. I think they're gonna. Last year, they could have fixed the portal once and for all. It was only one year old, really. The portal with NIL and all that, and they didn't. They're not. I don't think they will. And here's fix why, it. That's just me. Here's why they won't change it. I agree with you, Hunter. Uh, Wussification of America, okay? This is why. There would be a lawsuit because someone's going to say, well, I should be able to leave when I want. If my coach leaves, I should be able to leave and transfer somewhere else. There's no way they're going to be able to put that rule in place, guys, this day and age. You have to have a waiver if you... Well, the problem with that is this this, uh, no-sit-out rule has been in place for what now? Almost three years? Close to it? It's been so long where there's there's so many people that are expecting it almost 
where if they're told, oh, you can't transfer, it's just they're going to throw a fit till they get what they want. Yeah. Well, I think with football, with the next week or so, we're going to have some more uh, with the coaching change at the wide receiver position and some other guys coming in. Next week, we'll probably have more answers on what this team 129 will look like. So, when do we get an answer on wide receiver coach of something official? I think this weekend. I would hope pretty quick. Yeah. But Let this me first, this. all this stuff first started right after the tech loss on a possible change, and it's drug out a month and a half now. Hey, let me ask you this as a possibility. Is there a chance they brought Emmett Jones in this weekend, interview him, do all that stuff, and then Kelly t- Monday night, if they win the whole thing, Kelly has nothing left to do there. I mean, if they win a night, are they waiting to maybe interview both of them and then make a decision? I don't yeah, Venable's waiting. I, I feel with Kelly we were turned down. That's just me. Yeah. I think it would have been one of those situations. That it happens all the time, especially with position coaches and coordinators where they are, yeah, they're going to the playoffs and they'll get a job elsewhere to where they stick it out through the playoffs and then go on to their new university. With Kelly, I just – I think it was we were sadly turned down. Really, that's one that hurts, in my opinion, on uh, a beloved alum that's killing it in the ranks of wide receiver coaches in the country to turn down his university. That's a tough blow, if you ask me. Hey, but also, also I think that the reason he's not going to come to Norman, he's from Dallas area, okay, so he grew up there. Second of all, Riley is probably going to be the guy on that staff that takes the next position, uh, move up or as a head coaching job, which means Malcolm Kelly is going to slide right into the offensive coordinator role. So I just better chance for him to stay there, especially with his hometown being Dallas. He lives right there. I don't know. He's not from Dallas, Jeremy. He's not? He's from Longview, Uh, East Texas. That's a good ways from Dallas. I don't think Dallas is necessarily the thing holding them in there. I don't know if Kelly turned us down. It might have been a situation where uh, he was saying, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm focused on the college football playoff now. And now BB can maybe wait. Like, we've seen him wait with guys like Jay Valai and Todd Bates. Maybe that's a situation. I don't know. But as of right now, I would lean Emmett Jones as the wide receiver coach uh, for next year. You think there's any way uh, Shane Beamer told Birch to, yeah, take a real good good look at Norman, Oklahoma? Well, Bates was high on him in recruiting cycles, so I think no, he he's not coming to Norman. He's going to Oregon, and that's I've seen it's a situation where he already knew where he was going before he entered the transfer portal. Hmm. That pretty much tells you all you need to know. Hey, did you guys see the tweet from Brett McMurphy today? Uh, no. Surrounding Lincoln Riley. Garrett Riley was asked if uh, he's giving his brother tickets, and he said uh, he can buy them himself, basically. I did see that. I think that. that's a situation uh-huh. of uh, Garrett knows how his brother is and does not trust him to be around his team. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad USC had the the most devastating loss in Lincoln Riley's career. Oh my gosh, dude! That Georgia game means nothing to me. Nah, nah, yeah, you know. Marvin Harrison going to USC? No, no. I don't know. I think he is. I I saw that tweet from Jack Max CFB, and I I really think that the the tweet is obvious. It means Buckeye NIL bag traveling to USC. So uh, I really think the the other one that made sense to me would be Henderson, but okay. USC just brought in a four-star running back from the portal. So I, I would think it's going to be a receiver. Yeah. And it's for sure not a defensive player because they don't care about defense there. Yeah. Hey, they were smart. They would bring in a defensive coordinator from Ohio State. But Hey, if you're a receiver and you're not going to the NFL draft, why wouldn't you go to USC and get paid? Big bucks. It's like going to the NFL, but not going to the NFL. Hopefully with Marvin Harrison Jr., though, his dad is Marvin Harrison, a 
great NFL Hall receiver, of Famer. former receiver. Hall of Famer. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully with that situation, his dad has enough, is able to tell him, look, it's not worth doing this. Like, you're going to get the bag in the NFL. You're, I mean, he almost beat Georgia until he got hurt. And Kind of like Jerry Rice's gonna be, son? Yeah. Well, who, who, who transferred and got paid? Yeah, I know that, but I, I – Honestly, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a much better receiver than is it Brandon Rice? Brandon yeah, Rice, something it's like not that. even close. But it it could be. You think Rice? No, I said Harrison is a much better receiver than him. Brody went Rice was better, but one thing about Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison had played on one team, was probably the most loyal receiver in the history of football, and I'm sure that works down the line genetically. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. Hey, I know we're going to have to transition to basketball, guys. Regardless, we probably don't, but we're going to have to transition to the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. Texas Tech today on the road in Lubbock to try to stay out of the cellar and try to pull one out tonight. This is a massive game for OU as they've already lost home games, both close digits. Tech has two. They, they've lost two home games as well. And from watching Texas Tech, I actually think this is a winnable game. Yes, it's going to be very difficult. Yes, you're going to need guys to step up. But with the way Texas Tech plays their defense, they're going to overload. They're going to pack line. If you can get skip passes, ball reversals, and you can hit the threes, there's a big if. You're going to look for Jacob Groves. He's going to need to step up and hit threes. Tanner Groves, maybe he can step up and hit threes. Grant Sherfield, obviously, can't get four points from him. That In that situation, I do think OU can win this game. And I would think it could be close. Texas Tech's two of their top three players are uh, game-time decisions. One of them, star freshman, Pop Isaacs. They don't know if he's going to play. So maybe something happens. It would be a huge win if he could pull it off because next you're going to play. You're going to play the night likely number one team on the road in Kansas on a Tuesday night. That's You're not winning that. Right. This could be a huge win, but I see Jay's back now. And I look. I've been highly critical of oh quarterbacks. I'm not the only one, the only OU fan who's been highly critical of Porter mm-hmm. Moser. And I'm going to give you stats here. When I said yes, possibly a fluke, he had two great runs. Okay? There in Illinois. Illinois, Loyola, <coughs> Chicago. Okay? But if you look at his winning percentage at Loyola, wasn't great. He had a losing winning percentage at the school before that, which was uh, someone in the Sun Belt Conference. I can't even remember. I looked at winning percentage. He was below 500. My point is, he has not been proven in Norman that he's done anything as far as to win close games. He, if you guys want to say that's a wrong statement, it was. It's not a wrong statement. Show me what he's done in Norman in close games. Is all I've said. The the jury is out, in my opinion, on Porter Moser still. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll agree, but also part of the problem is they get they have a theme in a lot of games over the last two years where, where they've gotten up early, where they haven't really gotten down, and they've got, gone on these runs. They did the same thing against Texas the other day. They were up by 10, 7, with like, well, they, I don't remember how much it was, but they were up by, do you guys know how much? I don't have it off the top of my head. But no. but basically, OU went eight minutes scoreless. Was it eight or ten minutes? And 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 allowed Ooh. Texas to get right back into the game. And that's the thing. Yeah, it was nine minutes. Five scoreless. minutes, five six minutes of that. No timeout was called. Just let them play. Stagnant offense. Nothing. And you have to call it a timeout there to try to do something. And whenever he calls timeouts, he can't draw up plays out of timeouts. So we they missed the shots. So we the players missed the shots. Can can I can I speak for a minute? Watch the game. Did you, did you watch the first half of Iowa State? Wide open three, miss. Wide open layup, miss. Is that the coach's fault? No, but also okay. Thank hey, you. Hey, hey. I got a question for Jackson, Jeremy, and, Jeremy. and Hunter. All three of y'all. And Jackson, you answer first, then Jeremy, and then Hunter. 
Tell me one aspect of what are you asleep, Jeremy? No. Your eyes are closed. Hey, Porter Moser, what is it that you do not like about him as far as his coaching? Oh, I Tell can, me I no. can answer for Jeremy. I want, I want Jeremy. Oh, oh, all he does is run around on the sideline. Oh, he does go. Okay. Too much of a show. Will you stop there's nothing I don't like about his coaching. I think he's a All right, move coach. on to the next one. That's yeah, it. That's, that's all you got to say. Jeremy, you answered the question. Jeremy. He can't drop. Hey. Jackson, you're done. He's muted. muted. Go. I'm going to – first off, what Brody said is asinine. Of course players should make shots and layups in the first half. I'm not, I'm not critical of Porter Moser in the first half. I'm critical of his finishing games. He hasn't done it yet. In Norman has not won close games consistently. Don't don't interrupt me. Answer the Answer question. The question. What Are do you not like about Moser? Late game situations I don't like. He hasn't proven that he can do things in crunch time as far as making right calls, getting the right plays, getting the player the right player the ball to shoot the ball. Can't do it. Okay. Second of all, there is part of me. Look. I've been told growing up, you've all heard the saying, that you are a reflection of your coach, okay? You're a reflection of your parent. You're a reflection of who you're around. If someone, and we are bad turnover team. We have been a bad turnover team since he stepped foot on campus, okay? We were supposed to pre, I thought he was going to preach that. He hasn't. We're more about culture. I get it. We should be. That's good culture. But the the antics, the amount of, if you watch him over there hitting the clipboard, uh, he'll throw the clipboard. Is there, a, is there, I'm, I'm asking a question here. Is there a, a, a correlation with that and the frenziness with which we handle the ball? He dodged the question. Hey, Jeremy. He didn't answer. Jeremy. Jeremy. I'm out. I did not. Jeremy. Jeremy. Hey, Hunter and Jackson, do you remember Jeremy during football season? His biggest complaint about Brent Venables? No passion on the sideline. He's not passionate over this ball. He's just standing there like this. He did the same thing with Mike McCarthy. Stands on there with his hands unfolded. But now you're on Porter Moser for being passionate and hitting a clipboard and saying that's why he's a bad coach. You're You're comparing two different things, bro. How? You them. <laughs> He's leaving. That's hilarious. He left. What do you mean? How is it a different thing? It's a totally different thing. As far as being under control on the basketball floor and talking about a game of football, totally different situation. You compared him. You compared him because you said he, he hits his clipboard too much. You I, said you don't like that. That's a bad coach. I said we're a reflection of that. Yeah, we don't handle stress very well. Oh, wow. We don't handle stress very well as a basketball team in Norman. Do we? No. And here, look. Wait, and what? then also, hey. What? Brody, are we good with pressure situations? Stop muting me, no. Brody. No. Constantly doing hey, Brody. Talk. Are we better with stressful situations under Lon Kruger? We had Buddy Hield and Trey Young. We're going to be better. He was also a very calm guy. Hey, hey, Jeremy, what is your point? Oh, do you like calm guys or passionate guys? You're on both sides. I don't know. That was Jay's point. Yeah, hey, yeah. I, I, you're right. You're right. I want a oh. guy at the helm. I do. But you also have to have a guy who's under control and he loses his ever-loving mind over there and people see it and his players see it. And they it's a reflection. I'm not saying before, before we move on to Hunter's opinion, I gotta say one thing. I sit right here on my couch on what night was that? Wednesday or Thursday, and I watched a guy by the name of Kelvin Kelvin Sampson, coach. You know what Kelvin did? Houston had a player that had 18 points in the first half, okay? Near the end of the first half, the guy makes a bonehead play, turns the ball over, best player on the court. You know what Kelvin does? Rips his butt off the bench. Jeremy, if that had been Porter last year on Gibson, they yanked Gibson because he shot a bad shot. What's so bad about that as a coach treating a guy like that and saying, hey, if you make a bad mistake, I'm pulling you. Why is that a bad thing? I thought the question was, what did I not like about Porter Moser? I yeah, what- all you said was passion. I you don't, don't like 
I didn't dance around the question. I don't like that he can't win the close games, and I don't I, like sometimes he's too flustered and stressed, and we're playing like it. There needs to be some calming thing over there. Maybe Doc Sadler will help him with that. But also, I'm going to numbers real quick. Oh, gosh. 15 and 16, 10 and 22, 15 and 17, 18 and 14. 32 and 6, there's a good one. 20 and 14, 21 and 11, and then the 26 and 5. That was his record at Loyola. So two out of those four years, two out of those four years, they went to the final four in the lead eight. Bad coaching. Horrible. 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 Horrible, Horrible coach. Wait, didn't they also go to the Hunter talk. Hunter, what are your thoughts? I my problem with Porter Moser is that he could win at Loyola Chicago and he cannot win at OU. Big 12. He hasn't won yet. Here. But we're losing close games all the time. What are you talking about? I, I could honestly see OU going 0-18 in Big 12 play. You guys will call me crazy, but I could see it happening. I could. That's crazy. That's absolutely blasphemous. Oh, okay. Oh, and, hey, Hunter. Brody, Brody. Brody. Yes. You've been the one that has said all, more than anyone else that the Big 12, every game is going to be a close game, correct? Mm-hmm. I see we it. haven't won a close game in the Big 12 yet. So I could definitely see us going 0-18 in the Big 12 because so far, I hope this changes with Porter Moser. So far, he does not win the close games at OU. Well, yeah, yeah that's I'm not true. sure you can say it, but – Hey, but but at some point the player has to make the play. Hey, well here, well there's hey. also a thing. Oh, there's a thing I want to say. There's this common theme with OU that drives me nuts. Okay, it's that for one game we can never get everyone on the team to be on the same page, play their role, and for everyone to make plays. It's consistently every single night a different guy. And there's always this one guy we need. Like, I was thinking it was Sherfield. We needed one basket from him in the whole second half to get in the lead several times. And what did he do? He would tur- turn over the ball. Hey, and there was two times. Where and you should have benched him. No. Hey, look, look. And then there was two times where he got trapped and he stood in the trap, tried to step through it, and he turned over the ball. And the we thing did. is, he, he has to expect the trap, so he's got to get the ball out quicker. Hey, hey, who, who was on the floor during the 20-0 run versus Iowa State? No, not Sherfield. But exactly. Sherfield should have been the one taking the final but He time. is the best player on the team. Hey, yeah, he is the best player on the team, but he played horrible Wednesday night. Yeah, but you, when he that, you should not give him the ball. The second best player mm-hmm. on the team is Jalen Hill. Hey, Jeremy. Jeremy, name the starting five for OU. <laughs> Why do you do this every time? <laughs> I just, I'm asking. I can't hear you. Jacob Groves, Tanner Groves, Grant Sherfield, Jalen Hill. Who am I missing? Uh, Uzon. Okay. So two of those guys in the Groves brothers are, if you just look at the Big 12, and I'm not saying game-wise, but athletically, Athletically, they're not there as opposed to some of these big guys in the Big 12. Those are your four and five. Are they not your four and five? Jay, they're not the most athletic, but they almost beat Kansas at Eastern Washington. Okay, bro? You, you, I'm sick of hearing that the, the Tanner, Tanner Groves and Jacob Groves is one of our best players against Texas, first of all. Agree. Okay. Tanner Groves played pretty good the other night. And Jay, I don't the want to. Consistency, though. They're inconsistent. <laughs> Then that's on Porter Moser. He recruited him. He hasn't gone out and got anyone else at the center or forward position. He did. He did. And he's out for the year. Yaya Keda, Trent from Missouri, out for the year. He's out for the did year. You know he's on the roster. About it. Hey, yeah, I do know he's on the roster. And Jay, so tonight, tonight, I think OU can win the game too. But if they do, neither one of you guys can send a text message saying Moser got him back. Because according to Jason, it's always the players. So it's no. only the players. Yep. No, Moser's not. It, we, Doc Sadler, let him do it. All I'm saying is you, Jeremy, this is coming from you. Who? Time out. Time you, out. You, you pull it up. I'm out. I'm out, Jay. No, I'm going to question Jay for a second. You, you're always on Lincoln Riley about how he 
blows big leads, and does all this stuff. It's not him. It's the players. It's the flat-out players. That's Football and basketball is different. different. Totally different. Football with comparing Porter Moser on the stressful situation. That's about your passion. That's not about coaching game. Football and basketball are different. I said that earlier, and it was irrelevant. It, it's ridiculous. What's your point? Everyone is saying the same, asking the same questions I'm asking. It's a legitimate question. Why can Porter Moser not win the big games? Why can we not draw up good plays? And why do we turn the ball over so much? That's coaching. Okay, Jeremy. He's coached there for basically one year. I don't know how all these negative, like, yeah, I understand. Time will tell. But you guys are like, fire him now. And it's like he's been there a year. He got Milos Uzon recruited. I don't know how he got him to come to OU. He's a great player. He's in with two five-stars for next year. I mean, give the guy at least two, three years. I mean, I don't understand the point of what you're trying to do here. But you got to realize who you're talking to. He wanted Levy fired, too. This is, I, hey, guys. Everybody listening and everybody that's that's on this call, this call right now, Jeremy, you're the same guy that, I don't know, Lon Kruger, Hall of Fame coach, every game, every game they almost lost. It's on Kruger. Kruger lets them do whatever they want. They just, even that final four team, he lets Jordan Woodward shoot every time he wants. Buddy Hill can just shoot it. Isaiah Cousin can just pull it from three. Even Spangler can just throw it from three. He just lets them, there's no control. They can just do whatever they want. It's like, come on. First off, don't put words in my mouth about things. And this is what you always do. You leave situations. It's unbelievable. Okay. I, I, yeah, I I can criticize. I criticize Kruger some. I love Lon Kruger. Kruger was a great coach. He remained calm all the time. And I never said Porter Moser couldn't recruit Brody. Porter Moser has got guys that are great, but Lon Kruger did get Trey Young. Porter Moser, Moser has got tons of guys. I get it. He's got a good recruiting class coming in. I never said Porter Moser couldn't recruit. If you guys would open up your ears. Well, you, just, you, you said he can't coach. You said he can't coach. If you think he's good in late situations. You're kidding yourself. I I wouldn't say he's bad in late season. They have lost five games. They have. <laughs> hey, they, they have lost five games by five points or less. Getting closer to the camera does not make you louder, by the way. Hey, I, I wouldn't say, Mo, like, Moser's not bad. As I, all I've said is, Moser, we don't know yet. Time will tell. You're saying fire him. I say we'll have to wait and see. How big of a sample size do we need? More than a year. We need two more years. About a year and a half already. It needs to be at least three years, in my opinion. All I'm saying is Moser Magic. Everyone said Moser Magic. He's great. He hasn't been great here. He's been good with what he's had. I think if OU were to make the tournament, he's the type of guy that can make a run because he seems to do that. But the regular season, he's awful in. He's the big awesome. one is impossible. It's so hard. But wouldn't you want the guy who can make a run at a national championship? If he can get us to the tournament, but we can't win close games right now. We're in the Big 12. Guess what? Next year, or the year when we go to the SEC. Totally different. Oh, you would be a top he's, five team in the owned, SEC right he's now. the SEC. SEC has like four good teams. OU would be in the top five of the SEC. Right now, this OU team would be predicted to win about right. 25 other conferences. Hey, what's your prediction? Let's do it right now. What's your prediction on OU's final record in conference? Six and 12. Hunter? 0 and 18. Jackson? Uh, I'll go 9 and 9. Wait. You're saying nine and nine when you just, you just were on the Moser thing earlier saying the same. Are we riding the fence here? What? What do you mean? You were a grumble, Jeremy, no. about Moser. What? Jackson didn't bash Moser. I oh, thought he said Moser. No, How look, bad he is? Look, look, no. The only thing, the only critique I have of him, I said is he can't call plays out of timeouts. That's the only thing I said about his critique. I think we're gonna find a way to win close games, and guys are gonna have to start stepping up and hitting the big shot. They're gonna have to find a way eventually. They can't just keep on losing these close games. All I'm saying is you take away Groves jumping at a guy for a three-pointer and B. John Cortez throwing it into a three-guy being triple teamed. This team could be 2-0 right now. Okay, but, Jay, uh, Porter Moser said B. John Cortez. It was not his fault. He said it that. Wasn't. Whose fault yeah. was it? Hill. 
He said it was a tough situation. The, we had no timeouts. He Sometimes Jalen comes up with that catch. They couldn't get Sheffield where they wanted him. He basically oh, he said Cortez was not the blame, bud. So watch the post game and understand that Moses is taking some of the blame. Wait, hold on. Wait. Jeremy, 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 if you hate right. him so much, why do you watch the post games? If First, you hate him so much. I'm a fan, and I never said I hated Porter Moser. I actually like the guy. Okay, okay, okay. And I wish okay. he settled on the sidelines a little bit. Jay. All right. Seven, eight wins. Jay, na- name the last NCAA tournament coach who acted ridiculous on the sidelines. Name it. Uh, Kelvin Sampson. Couple, two yeah. years ago. Houston. Hey, here. National- okay. You said Final Four. I said national champion. Bill Self? Oh, wait. He's pretty calm down there. Self loses his mind sometimes. Hey, Self cheats, too. Self Self cheats and doesn't get in trouble. Chris Beard? He's not even... He's not a coach. They were in the final game with him. Chris Beard loses his mind in multiple situations. Oh, oh my God. What? We know Chris Beard isn't calm. Come on. And they were in the final game. They didn't win it, did they? Oh, oh. They closed on the buzzer. Oh, my God. Oh, a dumb comment. <laughs> we, mm, wow. Okay, Jeremy, okay. Wow. You know I, what OU needs? OU needs to go get a lie like Jay Wright, get his hair slicked back, and just stand on the sideline. He won like <laughs> No, he just won $1,000 off of that game. Guys, guys, here's what they need to do. Jeremy, give them your phone number. You go and coach them for a week, and let's see how they do. Guys, well, I know the reason Jeremy was mad at Sherfield. No. Price picked them. That's the reason. Like, if you want to if you want to realize why, and you're texting, Jeremy's texting, Sherfield's so bad. Oh, Sherfield. It's because he prize picked them. That's why. Sherfield was awful. You guys talked him up how great he was. He was horrible. 22, 22. He, he is great. 21, 23, and 4. Is that a bad player? Two in the ball game. None in the second half against Texas. He had 22. Against Texas? Yeah, 22 points. Yeah. 18 in the first half. He scored 22 points. He he lost. The last, both games are on him, guys. I thought he was going to be a guy at the end of the game. He does. Shot clock running down. He could be the guy. No. Can you move over so we can see the picture of Emoji Gibson behind you? It's not behind me. <laughs> but hasn't been guys there. There. Hey, that that game with Tech though, national championship, almost won a thousand dollars off that game if Tech would have took the layup to win it in regulation. I would have predicted the score. I had it. And they right, shot so, the three instead. So, Hunter, for sure, picks a loss tonight. Jackson, are you predicting OU win or lose tonight? I'm predicting a loss. Jeremy? I'm predicting a win. I always predict wins, but. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, hey, what? I know Brody's going to predict a win. But we had the conversation next Brody and Jay both are like. Yeah, against Iowa State. It's just hopefully we can pull one out. Hopefully there's just some way, you know, it'll be surprising but shocking, but hopefully we do. And I'm like, on the texture, and I said, I expect us to beat the Iowa States of the world at home. And I actually expect OU to not be 0-3 because they rarely start 0-3. Sherfield's going to have a bounce-back game. Tanner Groves is finally going to knock some threes down. But the other thing that I also – I didn't want to get too much into basketball, but – you you can't you cannot screen for Grant Sherfield all game, okay? I do know basketball, and I know you can't do that all game. Like, especially- yep. Well, here. Well, also, especially when you have Tanner Groves who can't hit threes, and it's just a liability because they'll double every single time. Coaching. Speaking of home court games, too, let's talk about the absolute atrocious home court advantage we have. The the worst in the Big 12. So some of the worst in all of the country. It's about as bad as Tulsa's, guys. Were you at the it's game all on cool. Wednesday? We had, we had 2,500 fans or 3,000 for number 25 Iowa State in the country. Were you, Is that not terrible? Jackson, were you at the game on Wednesday? 
No, but there was no. Yeah, oh, he's fans. a tall. He's not going to drive two hours for a game. Okay, oh, I don't Stop. care. That's nope. a dumb comment. Brody, 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 hey. just admit the fact. That's that a dumb comment. I do think you're going to me complaining just about it. Admit I, the fact, huh, dude? All you think about in your head, Brody, is Sherfield. It's all you. Think hey, about. listen. It's been proven. OU, I, I think OU could might win tonight too because they are a better road team. They play better on the road than they, they haven't played a road home. game all year. You don't know that. Yeah, in in Moser's time, they play better on the road. They don't play very good at home. He's only been here a year, Jay. That's what you said. I, I, what you said. I can take facts. You said we can't, can't talk about this late game thing because the, the sample size is. Oh, stop! That's a dumb thing. Talk about how we can win on the road. That's, that's, oh my. Hey, Jackson, I have a question for you. You said for your season predictions, 9-9 nine and nine in Big 12 play for OU, and you predicted a loss tonight. So you think OU is going to start 0-4 in Big 12 play and then finish off 9-5 and five after an 0-4 start? I said 9-9. Nine and nine. Yeah. yeah, exactly, because we're losing to Kansas. So that's the fourth loss, according to you, hey, fourth straight. Hey, so go 0-4 to 9-5. and five. Find a way to win, to win against Kansas. That's what we I'm haven't beat Kansas of. at Kansas in like how long has it been? I think it's been over fifteen years. Hey Jackson, to yeah. get to nine and nine, this team's gonna have to win two road games and win every home game. That's that. so. What are they gonna win? What road games? OSU. They're gonna win. Yeah, OSU, West, West Virginia, okay. and then I would think they would probably win at like TCU or. Something. So then you have to beat. Then you have to beat Kansas and Texas Tech. All these teams at home too. Baylor. Baylor, all of them. It's going to be tough, but I think there's a way that they can do it. Nobody now, asked, to nobody asked or four them I'm going to say 7 and 11. And I think they'll be right on the verge of getting to the tourney again, just like last year. Brody, what's your record? Eight. Eight wins. Eight and ten. All right, so we've talked a lot about OU basketball, and before we close this out, Monday night national championship, Georgia TCU. Who do you guys got? Jeremy, you you go first because we all know who you're going to pick. Right. I'm going to go first. The Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, 30, 32. Jay, yeah, Jackson, you know who I'm picking. Yeah, you go ahead. And I think I'm not going to be the only one. I, I don't know this if Miller's playing, but I don't think it's going to matter. 50-50 chance, according to the latest report. I think he's going to hang 40 on the Bulldogs, and they're going to win 40-24. to 24. Wow. You know, I have the Horned Frogs coming out on top, too. What's your score? Uh, I got... 38-31, TCU. Hunter? So, the most unlucky person in the world, Frank the Tank Fleming from Barstool, picked Georgia to be up by 40 in the second quarter. In the second quarter, that's what he said. He up says that Michigan, yeah, he said Michigan blew the chance of having a good national championship game by choking and losing to TCU. So that TCU is going to be down by 40 to Georgia. That is crazy, first of all. Frank is crazy. Uh, anyhow, no, it's TCU's winning the national championship 100% because anything Frank says, the opposite happens. I mean, there, there's no other way to put it. Like, it, it's the opposite's going to happen when it's not his team. So I'm going TCU winning another close game. They always find a way to get it done and they're going to be the first Big 12 team to win a national championship in the CFP era. I'm going to say TCU as well. I just think it's that Cinderella team. Like every once in a while you get a team like this that they kind of, the regular season, they don't look that good in games and they win, and they just keep winning. And I kind of, kind of, <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, what are you looking at, Jeremy? They don't <laughs> Wait, so this yeah. year's a Jer Jeremy, what do you have to say? You're cutting out. You said don't look good in games. They trailed at like three, five games in a row. They trailed in the third quarter. All right. But I, I wouldn't describe it as they didn't look good. They still won. 
And Wait, from what I saw all year from TCU is that they're a pretty good football team. Go, go look really at good the things, though. They trailed in a lot of games. Or yeah, I know they did. Okay. And they also, I mean, they beat us by what? They were up by, what, 17 in the first quarter against us? The game, where us they by ran, 30. the game where they ran the kicker on the field with no time left and miraculously made it. That's what good teams do. That's what good I'm teams pull through and stuff like that. Thank you for clarifying my point as I move on. That's what I'm saying is no. that they, they've won these games. They've Same. won these games. They keep winning these games. Same. Same. No, because you, you did not – you called them a Cinderella team. They are. Cinderella. I, I wouldn't call it a Cinderella team. How many of you had TCU in the rank in the first of the year? It's a Cinderella How many of you? Two, three right here. How many of you had him ranked in the top 25? Answer me right now. No? No, no, no. Jeremy, that is the point. That's what a Cinderella is. Okay, Jay, in March Madness, Jason, in March Madness, is a Cinderella ever a one seed? TCU was the number three seed in the playoffs. They're a one seed. Yeah, but they were a Cinderella team coming into the year. Well, that but they proved throughout the year they're not Cinderella. Yeah, you're talking about the Baylor game, Jay. A rivalry game on the road. Really good football teams win that game, and that's what TCU did. They did. That that is that that whole scenario, I said it when it happened. That's one of the most impressive finishes I've ever seen from a team to be able to get the kicker on field with no timeouts and make it is insane. That's what really good football teams do. That's why TCU is going to win the national championship. I, I do think they're going to win my score. I'm going to go with TCU 34, Georgia 31. Another 30, field goal. 34, 31 Bulldogs. I don't think TCU can pull this out against a very experienced team. But we'll see Monday night. I think this hour and six minutes pretty much wraps up everything we had to hit on in this podcast. Again, make sure you leave a review. Follow us on Twitter, The Sooner Surge. Follow us on Instagram, The Sooner Surge. Um, and, yeah, thank you all for listening. That's going to go ahead and wrap it up. Boomer. 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 Boomer.